right, good afternoon, church. It's good to be here. Um, wow, really quiet this morning. Um, thank you again for the opportunity for me to share with you what the Lord is doing um, here in, in, in America here, also in Kabong, Uganda. Uh, my name is Selvin Jeremitis, uh, and this is my family, my beautiful wife, Laurel, and I've got three kids, uh, which is great. I've got a, a 13-year-old. Her name is Abigail. Um, she just turned 13, so someone told me after they're 13, smooth sailing from here on out. So really excited about it. So uh, looking forward to it. And then Daniela, who's just 10 years old, and then Luke, who's seven, who's got some googly eyes and some weird mouth stuff going on. So that's from the kids' service. So um, well, and there's the other two ones. Well, that's not mine. That's a hero. Um, we'll we'll put them all together. Uh, we are missionaries with the International Mission Board. Uh, we've been missionaries for 11 years uh, in Africa, and for the past six years, the Lord has given us an opportunity to be in Kabong, Uganda. Um, Kabong, Uganda is uh, in Africa, and Kabong is a little red dot in the Uganda map. Uh, it's a very small little village. It's a very rural town. Uh, we are very far away from the city, uh, so it's about a 13-hour drive on, on crazy roads from the city to that place, so it's way out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, we uh, work with the Karamajong people. Uh, the Lord has given us a love for the Karamajong. Uh, as the more longer we've stayed there, the Lord has increased our love for these people, this amazing people that we've fallen in love with and have an opportunity to be amongst the people. Um, and uh, the Karamajong people, they absolutely uh, they love the cows. They're primarily cow keepers. So first of all, thank you for sending Pastor, um, Pastor Danny and Dustin uh, to Kabong. Uh, last year they came and, and they were superstars. It was great to have them there. They were a huge encouragement to our family and to the people in Kabong, and, and with his vet stuff, you thought, you know, Dustin was a superstar over there. Um, so we were able to be amongst those people, and they love the cows and goats. Uh, they are very much, their worldview, uh, their thought process of violence, everything is connected around cows and cattle. So they, they're just a big cattle, um, cattle people. Um, the the Karamojong are unreached people group. Uh, what I mean by unreached is there are less than 2% evangelical Christians in that people group. So from the entire people group, there's less than 2% evangelical Christians living and working among them. And that's why they are unreached people group. There are many reasons for them to be unreached. One is just the, the, it's a hard to reach place. As I talked about the distance, talked about where they live. And, and so just so hard to reach and people and missionaries to get to that area is really hard. There's also lack of education. Um, so 80% of our people group, adults, kids, everybody, they cannot read or write. And so even for us as believers and missionaries, we've got to go and share the gospel through stories. So we take God's word and we make it into story form. And then that's why they can, they can, they can hear the stories, listen to the stories. It's not that they're not, they can't, uh, that they're very, very smart. As soon as we tell the story once, man, they pick it up and it's in their brains and they're able to tell other people about it. Uh, but the lack of education is a part of it. Uh, animism is a religion. Um, so they believe in witchcrafts and witch doctors is a very much a reality for them. So even the religious 
is very much like fear-based and oppression. And so that's one of the reasons Satan has a big dominion over that place. And the last thing is alcoholism. Uh, they, a um, lot of addiction to alcohol and the violence comes from alcohol. Uh, they have a local brew uh, that they brew and then it's just kind of dominated that area. So people under this, this bondage of alcoholism for years and years and years. And so these things have kind of made them uh, an unreached people group. So when we, when we come to America, you know, people usually ask us, you know, what do we do? You know, what do we do in Africa? You know, what's, what's our life like? And, you know, I like to tell them, yeah, in the morning we get up and we wrestle lions, you know, and then the afternoon we go and rescue some pet elephants. I mean, it's not, it's not that crazy. But, you know, but what we do is that we are a family called by God to proclaim the gospel to the Karamajong people in Africa. I mean, and we do that in obedience to his word. And you can do the same thing here in Morgan County, in Madison. You can do the same thing here, whatever the Lord is calling you to do. But it starts with here in our context, right? We call it the missionary task, but I think it's our task because I think every believer has a task that we are called to do. Every one of us, when I say the missionary, it's not the Jeremiah's or Pastor Danny, it's the church, the body of Christ. We are called to be missionaries. Right, and, and, and we look at, we have a great example of that in the book of Acts from Paul. Uh, I love the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit working through people to do some incredible things. Man, what, what the Holy Spirit is moving and doing and planting churches and, and saving people is incredible, the book of Acts. I love what the Lord is doing and, and teaching us from the book of Acts. I've been teaching the book of Acts in Africa for the past three years, you know, just like small segments, but it's so exciting of what the Lord is doing. And we see that in Paul. So if you have your Bibles, if you can just open with, with me to Acts chapter 14. And we're going to look at these verses and just get a few principles of Scripture of what we are called to do. What we as a church, what are we as missionaries called to do? So if you have your Bible, open up to Acts chapter 14. We're going to look from verses 20 to 24. I have the, I, um, the NIV version up there, but what, what, whatever version you have, that's good. If you can just follow along with me. Acts chapter 14. Verses 20 to 24. And this is what it says. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders from them in every church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they put their trust. So just to give you a little bit of a context of the scripture that we just read, you know, Paul and Barnabas are on their first missionary journey. And so they'd gone to the island of Cyprus, then they'd gone to uh, Poseidon, Antioch, and they've, they've, they've gone on the mission, to, and they've gone on to Lystra. They've been going on the missionary journey. When they come to Lystra, they started proclaiming the gospel, and Paul heals a lame man. And when the man gets healed, the people think that Paul and Barnabas are Greek gods, and they start to worship Paul and Barnabas. So Paul and Barnabas stop them from doing that, and then they share the gospel, and because of that, they're stoned, and they dragged out of the city thought, thinking that they were dead. And that's what we pick up in verse 20, which says, after the disciples had gathered around him. It's a unique passage to figure out what is it that we are called to do as followers of Jesus, as missionaries. What is our task? And I call that the missionary task. Whoops, sorry. 
mission. We call it the missionary task. The first thing we do in this missionary task is entry. See, we, Paul, we see Paul entering new place in verse 20. Right? In the missionary world, we, we locate them, the unreached people and the villages that have never heard the gospel. We talk about in 2023, there are large groups of people that have never, ever still heard the name of Jesus. Big groups of people that have never heard. So for us, we have to enter, we have to locate them, we have to find them. And some of those, those places that we go to, I mean, there are, there are no roads or the lack of roads. So we drive in our trucks, we stop, and then we have to walk through it. And, and this one is a great valley we have to cross through. And I, and I joke with some of the people that go through, I'm like, this is the end of the world. Can't go further than this. I mean, it's just crazy. It's a very, very isolated location. But we do have to locate them. We do have to find them. And the most important thing is develop an ability to communicate and build relationships. I mean, we do that through learning the Karamajong language. I mean, Laura and I, we've been learning the language. Our kids learn language. Abby speaks better Karamajong than all of us. A little bit of hatred on that. That's okay. You know, it's what she does. But it's great. Our kids learn Karamajong. We have to learn the language to communicate with these people. And we look for the needs and help meet the need. You know, it's very, very important uh, for us to make those entries. And the way we do that, or, or we do it through malaria clinics and mobile clinics, and an opportunity to go into these villages of the so far, so isolated, and we test them for malaria. Now, malaria is the leading cause of death in our region. Hundreds of thousands of people die because of the lack of medication or the lack of, uh, of facilities. And malaria is, is a disease that just doesn't go away. You need the medication because in Three days, you can technically die. And so when we go out and do these malaria clinics, it's just a, 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 a prick and, and test them for malaria. If it's positive, we treat them. And the medication is $1.25. And so for $1.25, we can literally save people. And that's actually Danny and Dustin. When we went out to one of these things, we shared the gospel. And then they're actually, if Danny can do it, I think anybody can do it, right? Pastor Danny, he's not here. I can say that. You know, which is great. But it's an opportunity for us to go into these villages and, and, and treat people for malaria and then actually give them the treatment. And that's an opportunity for us to go inside. So every time we give them medication, they take the medication, it is a life that is saved physically. It's an opportunity for us to make an encounter into those villages that have never been able to be an, an opening before. But church today, we must also start with here in our community. I am sure that you know someone in your work, in your community, in your places that does not know Jesus. There's still lost people here in America, and they still know to know, need to know about Jesus and his power to save. Amen? We still have the opportunity to make sure that we can go and reach those people. We must enter into their world. We find them and develop a relationship and find ways to interact with those people. To show them Christ. It is small, it is simple, but it is a start. Every one of us, we have an opportunity to make entry. The next thing is evangelism. We see Paul uh, preaching the gospel in verse 21. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. There is no salvation apart from hearing and believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Making disciples starts with believing the gospel, sharing the gospel. Evangelism, church, is non-negotiable. Yeah, some people are gifted at it, but it is every one of our responsibility to share the gospel. The 
gospel message, but be faithful to scripture. If there is no evangelism, there is no mission. It's just a charity. We need to have the bold proclamation of the gospel that Jesus died and he was buried and he was resurrected as an atonement for our sins. Amen? The gospel is powerful. And our team, we, we do that through storytelling and through true roads. We have different ways of doing it. We use students, even young people, when they come to do that. But church, are you sharing the gospel of Jesus with people who are not saved? It's not complicated. We share our testimonies, right? Our testimonies are what our, what our life was before Jesus, how I met Jesus, and what my life was after Jesus. When we make it complicated, we have an opportunity to share the gospel, to share our story of what God has done. It is our responsibility. Let us not be selfish with the salvation that we enjoy today. It's great to make entry, to make those connections, to have those interactions with unbelievers, but we must move to share the gospel of Jesus. We go from there to discipleship. We see Paul discipling and strengthening and encouraging them to remain true to the faith in verse 22. The goal is disciples, not just converts. Disciple, learner, follower of Jesus who's been transformed by the Holy Spirit to be conformed to the image of God. Man, it's great because my God is, the, is in, the, in the business of changing lives. Man, your life has to be changed when you come and encounter with the most powerful creator of all things, almighty God. Your life has to be different. It has to change because my God is a powerful God. He is in the business of changing lives. And that's discipleship. This includes the knowledge of scripture. This includes the transformation of your character. This is, includes the development of your skills like Bible study and, and fasting and the spiritual disciplines that goes along with it. Most importantly, guys, it is a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process. We don't stop with evangelism. We continue with discipleship. For example, in Kabong, when people come to Jesus, it's great. We celebrate it. It's awesome. They get baptized. It's wonderful. But the real part, the real struggle, when it becomes difficult with when, you know, when there is no rain, and they're like, oh, we've got to go back to the witch doctor. We're like, no, no. God, Jesus has power over the, everything that he created. Because the story of how Jesus calms the storm, that he has power over the wind and the storm and the water. And they get it, and, and when, when there's sickness in their families, they think, oh, let me go back to the witch doctor because he can give me a charm and that will cure them. I'm like, no, that has no power because Jesus has power over sickness. He has the power to heal. He has the power to raise people from the dead. And so discipleship comes along when we walk alongside these people, not just bringing them to Jesus, right? Not just telling them what, who Jesus is and salvation and, and is important, but discipleship goes along with all of those things. We must teach believers to obey all the commands of Jesus. And our team does that through many means. The, uh, we do that through our weekly Bible studies. Uh, there's a young girls Bible study. Actually, Abby has her own little Bible study that she meets with, with young girls. Every That's her group right there in the middle. She's got like all the 12 and 13-year-old awesome people over there. And she stories with them the gospel and stories from God's word. 
Uh, we do this in Mother's Union. That my wife, Laurel, does a Mother's Union. It's actually women who are leaving alcohol. It's like an AA program, and, but the Christian, the Christian part of it. Uh, Wildflowers is another ministry that we do, and there's discipleship. Laurel's going to come to the end of the service and talk about that. It's an opportunity not just to be with people, but to do life with the people. Church, who are you discipling today? Who is your Timothy? Who are you praying for? Who are you discipling and meeting with on a regular basis? Who are you walking with today? Discipleship is a process. Let us not walk away from that absolutely incredible privilege that we have. We need to be pouring into other people, into our younger generation. Man, they're the future of this church. Of your church, the next pastor, the next youth pastor, the next Sunday school teacher, the small group teacher, the next missionary. This church, we have an opportunity and a privilege that we get to disciple other people. Discipleship is not a book. It can be, but it does not have to be doing life with them. Walking with them and they getting to see your life, what Jesus has done in you and is still doing through you. You have an opportunity to do that. I mean, just what Jesus did, right? Our greatest example. He walked with the people, talked with them and showed them what discipleship is. A great opportunity for us, the church, to be disciple makers. The next we go to church formation and yeah, there's entry, there's discipleship. In evangelism, but we move to church formation. We see Paul establishing churches from the group of disciple believers in verse 23. Paul and Barnabas appointed leaders in each of the church with the prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Discipleship normally happens in a local church. The local church is an automatic natural home for a healthy disciple of Jesus. When there are no churches... We must start churches. That's what the disciples did, the apostles did, according to their practice. You know, in, uh, in Kabong, five years ago, there was absolutely no churches when you got there. No one was meeting. There was, there, no one was meeting at the church. There were no churches. And so we prayed and fasted and said, Lord, what is it that you are calling us to do? What are you calling our family to do in Kabong? And we, we prayed and fasted, and the Lord gave us this vision statement, and it's this, that every Karamajong will have access to a healthy, reproducible church that will grow them into mature believers, just to have an access Right? But just not to a church, because we want to make sure that those churches are healthy and they're reproducible. And most importantly, that those churches will grow the people into mature believers. And the Lord gave us an opportunity to meet with this man named Simon Teco. And he is great because he's a Georgia fan, as you can see. He loves them dogs. Go dogs. You know, uh, Simon Teco, we love Simon Teco. He's a man that the Lord had called him to to learn more of God's word, had love for the people, and said, man, let's do something with this. I inherited um, Simon from the missionary before, but he loved the Lord and loved the people. I loved God's word and said, so we started praying together, how can we plant a, a, a church that is healthy and that's reproducible? We started praying through that, and we planted our first church in 2018, and that was great. That's actually the real picture of the first church that we met. There was 12 people in that church. There were six believers Five, one, you know, we can talk about that one a little bit. Uh, but we know at least five were solid believers. There were 12 people. And we met as a church and he started sharing God's word. 
storing every day and being the church. Now, that church looks a little bit like Covenant Park, but doesn't have a roof, but you know. Um, but it's great, our first church. And then we, the church started to, um, to meet, and then it started to grow. The Lord started to bless that church. In 2019, we were coming back to the States, and when we left, there was over 40 people meeting in that church. And they were baptizing people. The church was growing. It was incredible what the Lord was doing. And we were here in 2019 in America. We went back in 2020, and it was great because by that time, the church had now grown to over 100 people. It was packed. They were baptizing people. It was great. It was kind of like, like when we were here, the church group, and we were like, hmm, Lord, what are you trying to tell us? Like, it's kind of a humility pill. But the great thing is it is not our work, right? It is the Lord's work and his people, and he's still going to do whatever he wants to do. And it was absolutely incredible to be a part of that church. We've been back in 2020, and they all, like, it was great. The, the place was packed. They moved to another place. And it was absolutely incredible what the Lord was doing. And then in 2020, there's something small thing that happens called COVID-19. We, were, we got that in Africa. I don't know what's here. You know, but when that happened, everything shut down. Just like here in Africa, everything shut down because in, in, in Kabong, we didn't have you know, online services because we're still working on power. One day it'll come. But that thing, everything shut down. And so we were thinking about, Lord, what is it that now that you're wanting? There's momentum that's happening here. Now we are shut down. No one's coming to church. What's happening? But even during the lockdown... What was happening was these guys and these pastors were still sharing the gospel. They were still discipling people. They were still trying to figure out what is it that the Lord's doing. And then we met, when we started meeting back in 2022, 2021, when we started to get back, man, we started to think about birthing new churches. And so we started birthing our new churches. And that's actually a picture of our church. We, the church actually laid hands on our people and we sent out missionaries from that church to other churches to plant churches. And it was incredible, and that's when the reproduction started to happen. It was great, and that's actually, uh, the, the, that church actually baptized over 100 people one day, and that's basically a riverbed, and they started digging with a shovel. I'm like, dude, there's no water. But after about a few minutes, the water comes out. It's brown, it's muddy, but it's brown, but people went in and came out dirty. I mean, came out, you know, cleaned. Uh, but it was great just to have so many baptisms, and the reproductions happened. And it was incredible to see what the Lord was doing. And the great thing is this, guys. Today, we have eight healthy churches in Kabong. Praise the Lord. Right? It's what the Lord is doing. Right? We planted, three church, we planted five churches in 2022. And 2023, this year, we planted two more. And today, there are 1,500 people worshiping Jesus in Kabong. Amen. Praise the Lord what he's doing. He's calling people to himself, and it's absolutely incredible what the Lord is continuing to do in Kabong. But church, when was the last time you invited someone to your church who you shared the gospel with, who you're discipling, and now you have an opportunity to bring them into a healthy church? Right? Let them enjoy the, the joy and the fellowship of, church of the church family, of the body of Christ. To let them enjoy the goodness of God while being plugged into a local healthy church. Man, you have an awesome church over here. And the Lord is blessing and is growing. We have an opportunity not just to share the gospel, which is important. Which is important, discipleship comes a part of it. And then to get them plugged into a local church. We're just going to do a couple and we'll be done. 
right? Next thing is, is leadership uh, development. Leadership development is a key for us in church planting. We see Paul and Barnabas appointing elders and leaders for the churches that's established in verse 23. I mean, the Lord raised up pastors and leaders to lead these churches. It's incredible. Today, we actually have 20 pastors and leaders that we, that we work with on a regular basis. Every, every Saturday, we do something called TEE, which is Theological Education by Extension. What that does is we're able to teach them theology and systematic theology and how to be pastors right where they are so they don't have to go to another place to, to, to get that education. And it's great. We're teaching character that includes maturity, uh, humility, and integrity. That's actually Pastor Danny um, um, and, and Dustin over there. They were able to be a part of that group and, and share what the Lord is doing here in Covenant Park and what the Lord is teaching them. It was actually incredible to have them come alongside of us to do that. They're hungry for God to work and passionate about His work. These are pastors who are leading, currently leading our eight churches today. But church... Are we training our leaders today? Our next youth pastors and our, and our Sunday school teachers and our next missionaries, are we afraid to let them lead? The great gift is we get to people, we give the people the ability to teach disciples, then we let them actually lead out. We must release the responsibility to do that. Finally, is the partnership and exit. The goal is for us not to be in Kabong forever. Right, we, if we're in Kabong for too long, we have this unhealthy dependency on us, right? But if we leave too early, then, uh, uh, you know, we let the church be prey to other th- um, theology and teachings that are not right. And so we, we, we work with the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that we want us to do and when is it time for us to go? And so it's very, very important for us to exit to partnership. We see the example of Paul, even in Acts, right? He goes to all of the churches and planning churches in all of southern Galatia. And he plants churches, he appoints leaders, he does all that stuff. That then he doesn't say, all right, see you later. Man, he's still concerned about those churches. And that's why he writes back to those churches, the book of Galatians. Right, to back to those churches and he has a relationship with them. And he actually calls them foolish Galatians because not he's trying to be mean, but he's like, dude, I told you the right gospel, the true gospel. Why are you not following the gospel I gave you? That was true passion. He was passionate about them. He knew them, he loved them, and he wrote back. And that's what we want to do with our exit and our partnership. And that's why you, the Covenant Church, Covenant Park, you get to be a part of that. To disciple these believers, to be a part of what the Lord is already doing there. I mean, today, like I said, we have eight healthy churches by God's grace. It's actually incredible. We have 20 pastors, leaders being trained on every Sunday. It's crazy because they do not miss a day because they're hungry for it. You know, multiple discipleship group and evangelism small groups have started with the women, with the children, and the men. Over 1,500 people worshiping Jesus. I mean, they just worship Jesus today, already that's happened in Kabong. I mean, church members are actually learning how to grow in discipleship of one another and to reach out to the unbelievers in that place. It's incredible what the Lord is doing. But the work is just beginning. And we have a lot more work to do. We still must continue to disciple and train the pastors and continue to work. We still have many villages, like I said before, still that are unreached, that have never heard the name of Jesus. You get to be a part of that exciting work. But it does not mean that it is easy. 
right? Satan does not want us to be in Kabong. He does not want us to do what we do, and we face all kinds of persecution attacks from Satan on a regular basis. I mean, we are hit with cultural differences, language learning, sicknesses, and hardship. And we face with our, with our friends and even our church members who are in, in intense poverty, just un, in unimaginable suffering and starvation and malnutrition and death on a regular basis. I mean, Paul says in Acts 14 that we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. I mean, those hardships are real and they can become overwhelming. I mean, how do you share the gospel with someone who is starving and hasn't eaten for three days? And you have to go tell them the good news of Jesus. And we don't know the answers for these questions. And we struggle with the Lord. And we de- say desperately ask the Lord to show us, to show us what is it that we need to do. And it's one of those things that we pray and ask the Lord for wisdom on a daily basis. But at the end of the day, The question I ask and we ask is, is it worth it? Is he worthy of our obedience? And church, the answer is always, it's always yes. Because he is worthy of our obedience. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of everything. And it is worth it. But church... You also have a part, right? Satan does not want you to share the gospel or disciple people or bring them to church right here in this place. He's not happy with you going out and sharing the gospel and you will face persecution for doing that. Whether it is in your schools, whether it is in your workplace, whether it is in your community, whether it is your neighborhood, you will face persecution for standing up for, the, for God's word, for speaking the truth, for speaking the gospel, for sharing the gospel, for discipling people, for bringing them to a healthy church. But the question is the same. Is he worthy of your obedience? And is it worth it? It's an everyday call. For us to be in obedience to what the Lord is calling us to do. Because it is not our task. It's not the missionary task of who we are. It's our, it's our task as a church that we are called to do. So what is the Lord leading you to do today? We are all missionaries where we are. And we do have to start with entry. That initial relationship. The need to be met. It starts with you sharing the gospel. It starts with you discipling people who are, who are lost and bringing them to a healthy church. And that's what we are called to do. And I want to also, in, in, in Luke 10, it says the harvest is plentiful. Jesus starts is saying to the people, the harvest is plentiful, but the work is a few. And he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that will actually bring more people into the harvest field. That is our prayer and that is our invitation for you today. Man, we want y'all to come to Kabong, Africa on a mission trip. We are going on September 2024. We've already talked to Danny. It's, it's, it's good. It's solid. I had, you know, Lake Point in there. I scratched it. I put Covenant Park, which is okay. <laughs> we got that, got that fixed. It's great, right? But that's actually proof of life that Dustin actually made it to Africa and back, and he's alive. He got a beard out of it, but, you know, whatever. We'll fix that one. <laughs> but, 
you know, we are going, the, the, we're going to invite you all, Covenant Park, to be a part of that trip, to come to, to Kabong, to be a part of that trip, to come and to disciple people, to share the gospel to the places that are never heard, because there's still a lot more work to do. It's still an unreached people group. So if you're wanting to go, please come and talk to me, talk to Dustin, talk to Pastor Danny. We'll have a meeting maybe later on to kind of have an interest meeting, but we are opening up that to your church for you all to be a part of that, church, that trip. Because I know you've been praying for it, and your prayer works. The Lord is doing that. What I've been talking about is, is, is the Lord's people praying for what's happening in that place. I mean, it's not our work. It's His work. We just get to be a small, small part of what's already happening. And we want to open up the invitation for y'all to come and to be a part of that, what the Lord is doing there. And this is our team. If you can pray for our team, because it's absolutely a problem that you do pray. Uh, the Jeremiah and the nobles, it's just two families. Uh, we are out there right now, uh, but the Lord, Lord is using us. The, the nobles have been there for about a year now, a little over a year. And um, the Lord is just using our families for his glory to do some great things. So please pray about what is the Lord asking you to do? First, what is the Lord asking you to do here, right, in Madison? Because the plane ride is not going to change you. What happens here is important. To pray about how is the Lord reaching, using you to reach the people in this place. But the Great Commission is, doesn't stop just in your Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, there's the end of the world. And we have an opportunity now to go to the end of the world. You have an opportunity to come to Kabong. You can be students. You can be a vet. You can be a nurse. Whatever your profession is, the Lord can use you in that place. And uh, we have some prayer cards in the back. And if you have one, you can pick one up. And so just pray for us. And there's a wildflower uh, table also set up in the back. And please come and chat with us and talk about uh, If you have any questions, we'd love to talk to you about it. And finally, just want to give you all another opportunity. Uh, if you want to um, uh, financially give to a specific project, uh, there are funds for scholarship for our young pastors to finish up school or to or nursing school for our pastors or working over there or actually to buy a motorcycle for those pastors. Uh, I know the church has already given for one of the motorcycles, but we're looking for more. So if you want to give towards that, feel free to do that. This is not for us. We are, in that, we are funded by the International Mission Board. Everything that, that is just for the projects in Kabong. So if you want to do that, please come talk to me, talk to Pastor Danny. Uh, if you want to give, you can just write a check to your church and just designate it for the Kabong team or the uh, Karamajong work, and they'll be over there. Um, guys, again, what is the Lord leading you to do today? We, we, all of us, we are missionaries called to share the gospel, called to make those interactions, to disciple people and bring them to a healthy church. All right, let me pray as the praise team comes up. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for the work that you're doing in Kabong. Thank you for the work that you're doing here in Madison. Thank you for the work that you're doing through Covenant Park. Lord, we thank you for this time that we get to hear about your work. Lord, I pray that you would convict us about what is it that you are calling each and every person in this room to do. What are you calling each person to do that's going to impact your kingdom for your glory? Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that is thinking, praying about missions, Lord, I pray that you would continue to speak into their hearts, Lord, to encourage them so they can do and to move in a way that you're calling them to do. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for the ability and the opportunity to hear your word spoken. Lord, I pray for each and every person. I pray for Covenant Park Church. I pray for a blessing on this church. Lord, I pray that we would be able to reach not just Africa, 
but to every end of the world. Lord, I pray that you would raise up pastors and leaders and missionaries from this place for your kingdom and for your glory. Lord, I pray that we'll give everything and all the glory to you and you alone. Lord, you deserve it. It is yours. We give it to you. Lord, none of this is about us. It has never been about us. It's all about you, for your kingdom, for your glory, for your purpose. So we give it all back to you. Lord, thank you that you are worthy of everything, all of our praise, all of our worship, everything that we have, you are worthy of it. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you we get to be a part of your work that you're doing all over the world, that we get to be a part of your work. Lord, I pray all of these things.